Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello everybody out there in podcasting land wherever you may be. I am your host Lee and this is episode 90. I'm 10 away. 10 away from 100. It's so exciting. I can't believe I actually stuck out stuck this out. I didn't know if I was going to or not in the beginning, but um, it's something that I've kind of enjoyed doing and there's people that enjoy listening. So heck, why not? Um, If you're on YouTube, you can see I didn't go full bikini today. I have bikini with tank top over it. So I'm sort of because I had people that were like, no, rest in peace, bikini. And they wanted me to still do the bikini. So um, but I'm kind of sticking with my daughter's wishes and only doing partial bikini. I mean, it is summertime for God's sakes. And when it's winter, I will be completely covered up because my house is always cold, especially in this closet. It's not warm in here at all, but it's really nice out right now. California, it's like 70. It was beautiful today. Just went and laid out in the backyard and I'm reading a book. Um, It's a big old book. It's Petals in the Wind and Flowers in the Attic or is it Petals, Flowers in the Attic, Petals in the Wind? That was it. Flowers in the Attic is the first one. So it's two books combined. Um, during my summer school stint, which, which just ended where I was with the kids that were like, um, 18, 19, 20, and they are doing, um, life skills basically. Uh, so I was with these, they're, you know, some of them are on the spectrum, obviously. And, um, they're just, it was such a fun time. Anyways, we hit the library several times. We'd walk down to the library and walk back. It was like almost 10,000 steps just to do that. And, um, so I got my little workout in every morning walking with these guys, but I had seen something on TikTok. TikTok about that book, uh, Flowers in the Attic. And they said, if you haven't read this book, the person who did the TikTok, and she said, it is like, she was just like mouth gaping open, like, you will be so shocked. And so I'm 200 pages in and I'm, it's been a very slow burn. I'm waiting for this moment that I'm going to be so shocked by. And I feel like something's brewing. Like I kind of think it could turn a few different ways, but she says there's so many twists and turns, like you'll never even see any of it coming. And I love stories like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, but I've been so slow about reading it because, uh, if I read it, you know, too late in the evening, I get tired and I want to close my eyes. If I, uh, have a phone around. It's it's so hard to stop looking at my phone. You know, I never look at the TV, but I look at my phone a lot and it's ridiculous. Like I, it's almost like I start getting like anxiety. Like I have to run through all my apps like over and over and over like OCD-ish. It's really sickening. It makes me actually sick in my head that I keep doing it to avoid just stopping the phone and then picking the book up and calming down because the book is pretty calming. But when you read, if you don't read a lot, you have to get in a reading mindset. And I'm not used to doing that anymore because my brain works in like, it works in phone time, you know, app time. And it's like, you have to check, you have to like, like uh, switch your brain to be kind of different when you're reading. And I'm trying to do a little bit of speed reading where I kind of glance through the paragraph and pick up the keywords and I totally get the gist of what the paragraph's about. But you have to think when you're doing that. You can't do that in a relaxed state so much. You have to be conscious of doing that. So, and when I read, I kind of just want to be more unconscious and just sort of reading and not thinking so much. But then if you do that, sometimes you miss a bunch of what you were reading. Your mind wanders and then it's like, so it's really retraining my brain to like, love reading again and it's not easy but I feel like there's going to be a big payoff and um 
And then, of course, I want to watch the movie after. And then I, I, if I like this book, I will just go ahead and read the next one. It's only another 200 damn pages, but I like, <laughs> I can't even sit still for 10 pages. I'm, I'm having a hard time. So I, I'll let you know if I recommend it. And um, hopefully those out there that have read it are screaming in your cars or whatever going, keep reading. It's going to be worth it. Okay. So there's that. Um, I did see on Netflix something called, um, muscles and mayhem. And if you're a, if you're a um, Gen X or like myself, you may have watched, um, American gladiators, which I was really into, especially with the guy I was dating at the time, Bill, and he became a, a San Jose police officer. But we all watched that back then in the 90s. It was really fun to watch. It was these, um, basically these elite athletes um, who were, most of them were all into bodybuilding and they were the American gladiators. And then Joe Schmo, they would have these people try out to be on the show and they would compete against the American gladiators. And of course, you're always kind of I don't know. Sometimes you want to see the Joe Schmo win and sometimes you want to see the American Gladiator win. And there's both men and women. And the women were huge, right? They were super, super muscly. And um, sadly, several, like three of the women had, had died. One from cancer, one ha had killed herself, um, hung herself, and then another one, I don't remember what it was. But Zap and um, I think it's Laser. No, Laser's a guy. Oh, God. Ice. Zap and Ice, uh, Zap, you can't, can't, you can't forget Zap. She was like the smaller one, but still so muscular. I love the way she looked. She's aged. She definitely, it shows in her face, but she was in the documentary. It, the whole thing was fascinating to me. I watched all three episodes, like all the way through. I think it was three. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It was so great to get their perspective. They were a very tight, loving bunch of people. They really liked each other, which is what I really took away from that whole documentary is that they were, they, there was no drama. Like they really loved each other. The bad guy in all of this was the guy who founded the whole thing and didn't pay them shit. So of course there's always one of those in, you know, instances like this where there's somebody's making money off you and yeah, you don't, but they're kind of caught up in all of it and they're in contracts and they don't realize like they're not getting paid shit. So, you know, they went on the road eventually. What, what I was going to say about ice also, she was, um, I loved watching her back in the day, but I love her more now. Um, she is, um, she has a girlfriend as a partner and she does a podcast now sometimes with her. Um, she's like, I think she's close to 60, if not 60. She's beautiful. Her hair is short and blonde and she's aged so well, even though she's still got the big kind of crazy muscles, big giant fake boobies, obviously, but I think she's kept herself in great shape and, um, she's fun to listen to. She has all the gladiators on her podcast. Um, I think her show is called cold as ice it's something with ice, 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 baby. No, I don't know. She uses that a lot in her TikToks or in her, um, Instagram stories. So I've written to her on one of her posts and I said that, um, and I'll get back to them being on the road, but I wrote to her and just said, my God, you've aged so gracefully. You're more beautiful now. And she liked my comment because she doesn't have like, I think on Instagram, she has like 3000 followers. So it was kind of easy to get her attention, but on TikTok, she has like over 250,000. So I would be like lost in a slew of, uh, uh, content on there and she would never see me or, um, comments. So, um, anyways, it was fun. It was really exciting to get a, after watching the documentary and then like that night writing a comment on her Instagram and she liked it. It was like, Oh my God, <laughs> she saw it. It was really exciting. Cause you know, this was somebody that I completely admired back in the day. I mean, I didn't have like posters of them in my room, but of course I knew who they were. And then like people like laser, this guy who was so popular, of course, these guys, most of them all missed the boat with regards to social media. Obviously I went 
onto his Instagram and he had 327 followers. It's like, ouch, you know, like you either were started at, at the right time or you were not at the right time and no one knows who you are anymore. And he really virtually is completely unknown. So, um, that was laser, but yeah, they had gone on the road. They decided to take the show on the road and people were coming out in droves to see them in coliseums and then people would get to compete in person with them. But this put them in, uh, like, you know, so much physical stress by going day after day in competition and competing, uh, with, you know, people that they, the people that would, um, I don't know, uh, line up to compete or what, I don't know how they selected people for this to go against them, but obviously so much physical um, injury was happening and just their, their muscles were worn out and they were tired. And, um, yeah, it was really interesting to hear about all the injuries that they had to deal with and the, just the mental stress and the physical stress, constantly the physical stress. So they had to start bringing in replacement gladiators that no one even knew of, but they'd call them into the arena and give them some crazy name and the crowd would go crazy even though no one knew them, but they did. the crowd didn't care. It's like we were, you know, they'd say, and, uh, and you know, gladiator number two is Electra. They, everyone would go crazy, but they didn't even know who this person was, which was kind of funny. So anyways, I highly recommend if you know that show American Gladiators. Um, I thought the documentary was really good. And it's, you know, you can definitely catch Ice on her podcast and get even more in-depth um, information about the show because she's interviewing many of the um, gladi gladiators that were on the show. So fun times. Um, one other show I wanted to mention is Sword and Scale. I just um, got wind of this show and it's been around for a while. And apparently the host has been fired. I, he's, <laughs> But I'm listening to all the podcasts with him. But I don't know. He got in trouble for saying something on social media, on Twitter, he called somebody a, a cunt and like, it was kind of like rude what he said, but I, he's, yeah, he's a guy that's pretty outspoken and you, it's kind of one of those, you love him or you hate him. I mean, that, that's, that's what it is when you're popular, you're never going to have everybody liking you. So, um, but I like him. I like his demeanor. I like how opinionated he is while he tells the story, but the stories are so well edited sword and scale for true crime. It is fabulous. I can't stop listening to it. I haven't stopped listening to it in the last two weeks. I haven't even listened to Dateline, 48 Hours, or 2020 because Sword and Scale is so good. I just recommend starting from the first show and going backwards. That's what I'm doing at the moment. And um, man, I'm, I can't, I just, I'm captivated by all the stories. It started out because somebody had said in a comment on TikTok, oh, that, oh, it was a 911 call. And it was a guy calling in saying that he had just killed two people. And he was kind of like the operators, like asking him all this, all these questions. And he's like being very flippant with her and just very matter of fact. And he's like, I killed two people. Like, are you going to come and get me or what? Like, I mean, he, she's like, well, she asked him like why and stuff. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Like, he's like, it doesn't matter. You know, but anyways, his call to me was so hair raising that, um, I read the comments and somebody had said, oh, this had just been covered. The story had just been covered on Sword and Scale. So that's how I found out about the show. Um, I don't know what's going to happen from here on out because, like I said, uh, the guy Mike something has been fired from the show. But all the ones that I've heard so far, I've only had him. So I don't know what's going to happen with the show from here on out. But, um, yeah, that was a great episode. Whew. All of the episodes have been great. They have like great edit editing because they edit in like the 911 calls They and then his opinion as it's going through. Um, he And he's, he's really, he's, what should I say? There's, there's a lot of uh, pre-work put into these shows. Obviously he writes everything out and it's, everything's well said. And um, 
he just has a really great way of like putting things. And so I've just, yeah, I I've totally been enjoying it. Um, unlike myself, who's like thinking of the right words at the moment to um, say what I should be saying to make this sound even better. But um, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants because I ain't getting paid for this. So I do the best I can. Um, all right. Yes, I'm on vacation um, for another month. So it's super nice. I'm in incredible lazy m mode. I am, well, I'm getting up to like take my son I have to pick him up from practice, but like, I don't have anything to get up for at the moment. I mean, I like, I don't know how I'm going to get back into work mode. I always worry about this when I have a, I get a month off, like how am I going to start getting up in the morning again? Like I just roll out of bed whenever I have my coffee, whenever I'm just slowly cleaning throughout the day. If I am such a sloth right now, like I just hang out with the cats outside and the dog and just do everything in super slow mode. I just don't even care. It's just like, whatever, just you know, chilling. But yet, as it gets closer to like August, I get more anxiety going, oh God, this is coming to an end. And it goes by really fast. It really does. I always think, oh my God, I have like, it's about five weeks. And I always get really, you know, excited about this five weeks, but also like, oh my God, um, it's going to go by fast. And it does. And then I'm back into teaching right away. So, um, okay, let's see. I was going to tell my story about the guy that I met out in Chicago and I will but before that oh before that I want to say that I've been on TikTok this last week like the last five days so my original TikTok um had been my account had been taken down as I've said many times before because somebody reported that I was under 13 which was obviously not true I you know I appealed it and appealed it and appealed it they would not give it back never did i I tried everything, but anyways, they didn't give me it back. So all of the work that I had done on that TikTok was gone. And I had told my bank robbery shooting story on that TikTok. And I kind of felt so defeated after I lost the account. I was just like, whatever, I'm not going to retell that story. But for whatever reason, I decided to retell it the other day, just for the hell of it. Because I thought maybe it was a one-time shot. The way I said it back then it was just said in the right way that the algorithm picked it up and they ran with it, which is what happened. And I thought maybe at this point, because TikTok has not been working for me like it used to. So like before, when it first started TikTok, I felt like everything I uploaded was gold. Everything went viral. It was so easy. And it's just not like that anymore. Like you, I can upload many different HIV things that I think are a good idea or that might get, you know, noticed, but it seems to just kind of go to like a handful of people that, that follow me. And it's, it's a little frustrating because you feel like you're just saying the same thing to like people that already know what you're saying that, you know, like they know the information already. So it's not like it's anything new to them. You really always want to reach a new audience because you're trying to, um, you know, teach more about what HIV is today and you want to reach more people that don't know anything about it. Um, you kind of don't want to keep hitting the same people that already follow you, you know? So anyways, I don't know, for whatever reason, I decided to retell the shooting story. And again, I was like, I don't even know if anything will happen because maybe I just told it the right way that the algorithm picked it up last time. So this time, the videos are, you have up to three minutes to tell the story. Back then it was only a minute. They didn't give you any longer than a minute back then. So I was able to shoot out three minutes of information. I think I said it pretty accurately and concisely. Um, and then I was like, I needed to tell more of the story. And I ended it with a cliffhanger that, you know, when they took my clothes off, they found that I'd been shot in one other place. And then I said, go to part two to hear more about that. So obviously I knew that would hopefully, you know, bring people to another video and give it, give it some interest. So anyways, the video is now at, um, 
1.3 million views. So 1,300,000 views after I think I put it out on Tuesday or Monday last week. So maybe it's been a week. It's It's been about six days, around there, five, six days. Um, and I knew like that from one day to the next overnight, it had already gone up to 200,000 views. So I knew right away, it was like, oh, wow, this is going on the For You page. I wonder if it's going to do what my last one did. Because the last time I did it, um, it had hit a million views. It was one of my first videos to hit a million views. Ironically, it wasn't, I don't think it was an HIV video. I remember that shooting video had gotten a lot of attention. And so... Anyways, basically the same thing has happened. It's um, getting a lot of attention and it's it created lots of questions, which led me to make more videos about it. And it's been a fun story to retell. I always like telling my shooting story. It's like it happened to somebody else at this point. I mean, I know it happened to me. I have firsthand insight on it, but it has been so long. It's been 32 years that it feels like it happened to somebody else almost. But um, there's, and, and what I mean by that is there's no trauma anymore when I speak about it. And, and there really wasn't, um, I'd say maybe, I don't know, a couple months after it happened. I, I don't know. I never cried. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like trauma like that. I don't know. It always felt, I gotta say, it really always felt pretty easy to talk about. But I think I would get nervous talking about it because I didn't have the confidence I have now. I mean, I'm 32 years older. And so back then, I think I felt just nervous knowing that I had somebody's attention and they'd be like, what? You know, and I'd be like, then I'd be like, oh my God, I gotta, and then I get nervous about that. I think that was it. But I don't remember ever having like big, you know, traumatized feelings about talking about it. I never did because I never felt like he did it on purpose. I always felt like it was, it was an accident. It's funny. Some people have like they're putting out their suggestions as to why they think he did it. And a lot of people, some people have said, oh, it's because you jumped up so fast, you startled him. And like, which is funny, because to me, that makes me feel like I, they're putting some blame on me. And I was like, well, first of all, you weren't there. <laughs> no, I didn't jump up fast and do anything startling. I got off my chair and I put my key in. Like I, I wasn't moving crazy fast. Like people have, maybe it's the way I, I described it. People thought I like I was acting like I jumped up really fast and I was, my, my movements were quick, but that wasn't it at all. I was, I was just moving normally, but I was definitely doing what he said. I didn't hesitate and, and my hands were in full view. So, cause some people have said, oh, it's cause it looked like you were reaching for the panic button. That's why he shot you. I'm like, well, no, because one hand was going to put the key in the drawer, which he could see easily. I was, you know, it was easy to see where my hands were. And my other hand was bent at my elbow like this. It was free. It was like this. I mean, that's how it was. You can see it on YouTube. I mean, it was, my hands were fully visible. So there was no me reaching down underneath the, you know, my desk to push the panic button, which some people have asked why, um, why is there a panic button if you're not supposed to touch it while they're in the bank? Cause I do say in the video that we were told not to ever push the panic button, which alerts the police that something is going on at the branch um, while the perpetrator is in the branch because then it could create a hostage situation if the police show up too soon and then they are like, you know, well, I'm going to take y'all hostage now. So good question. I really don't know when the hell we're supposed to use that panic button. It was supposed to be used, obviously not when they're in there, but I don't know unless somebody, unless maybe they were already going to take somebody hostage. 
that might have been a time to use it if people were already being held hostage and we were in a really dire situation, I guess. I'm not really sure. But uh, anyways, we were told no heroes, just give them the damn money, you know, and that was it. So yeah, check that out if you want. Um, on my TikTok, I've re told the whole story and answered lots of questions on it. And it's been been fun. Um, and I've had two different, um, yesterday I did a live on TikTok and I had, um, two different Instagram, big Instagram names. I, you know, I don't even know the names of them right now, but one has like 675,000 followers and one has 4.1 million followers. And they both asked if they could share my bank robbery story on their platform and give me obviously the credit. And I said, yeah, go for it. Totally. So I got those two messages last night cause I'd done a live and they said, we saw your live. They both said they'd seen it. They found the story really interesting. And then there was another TikTok account that has a podcast called risk and they have people come down to LA and like go speak in front of a live audience with a mic. Like you look like you're totally doing stand up for an audience, but you tell your story. And it, like the guy asked me, this guy, Kevin, if I wanted to come do that. And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't live really close to LA. Uh, but he also said that we could do it uh, podcast mode version also like, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just do that. Cause I'm like, I don't want to go and speak to a crowd with a freaking mic and stand up and tell my bank robbery story. I, I don't know. I just feel like that sounds way too stressful. I would sit in front of an audience with somebody interviewing me. I would totally do that. But standing up and holding a microphone, I could just see me fumble on one thing and lose my confidence thinking some the audience would be interested in something and then they didn't look so interested or somebody looked at their watch or their phone while I was talking and I would it would mess me all up for sure. So there's no way I could do that. So my girlfriend's like, no, that's totally made for you. You should do that. I'm like, well, no, if they want to interview me, that's fine, but not no stand up. Thank you. Okay. Um, so I went on a date last Thursday. I went on two dates last week, but I'm not going to tell you about one of them because we have another meeting tomorrow and I don't know how much I want to talk about him yet. Um, but I did meet somebody um, last week. We met at the beach, and I will say that it was a f goddamn nightmare. That's what it was, a freaking hour of a nightmare. So this guy's name, well, his name's Josh. It doesn't matter. But he looked cute. He was, he said he was 5'10". He was um, a skater. What else did I get from his profile? He didn't look real smiley in his pictures. Uh, I Oh, that's right. He had some skating videos where he was, and I know uh, levels of skating. I know when somebody's really, really good. And when they're just kind of good, this guy was a phenomenal professional skater. And I knew where he was skating at. I knew the bowl that he was skating. And I mean, the guy was doing, he was catching air and landing back in the bowl. He was doing hand plants. He was, um, going up and doing a disaster or like doing a blunt and then tapping the board on the past the coping and then turning around completely. So it was a, let's see, that would be a disaster, I think, or, a um, Oh, I'm forgetting the names of the tricks. Doesn't matter anyways. Cause I don't think anybody that listens to me knows about skate tricks, but anyways, he knew how to do all of them and very confidently. And I was like, that's badass. So that started the conversation within a day. We decided to go meet at the beach. I'm just kind of breezing through this one. Cause it's not even worth talking about, but he's, as he walks up, I'm like, Oh no. First of all, he's smaller. Of course. What is new? Totally looks smaller than I thought. He is 40. So he's kind of close to my age range. Um, doesn't even smile. Looks like he's, I don't know, disappointed or something, but I'm like, he was nothing to be excited about. Like he had a baseball hat on backwards. He looked like he just gotten done skating. Like he just looked like, he, well, he also seemed totally stoned. I mean, that was the other thing he walked up and 
couldn't have been I'm like hey I think we did a sideways hug because he didn't seem like he even wanted to hug me I don't know it was weird I had Finn and we were gonna go walk on the beach so we we walk and walk for half an hour and he's not being very conversational I'm asking him so many questions as if I give two shits about him but I just don't want it to be dead silent so I'm asking questions so we end up like everything's about skateboarding because like what else am I going to talk about he's asking me nothing so but he doesn't act like he doesn't like me he just acts super stoned and I I even asked him right off the bat are you like stoned because he seemed so like I said something like oh hey you must be Josh and I kind of laughed and he just goes oh yeah uh." you know I don't know he just zero zero personality and he really wanted like he originally wanted to meet up get stoned and like what did he say? Watch a movie and snuggle. Like he was kind of making it seem like it would be like, like just real laid back to hang out with him. Then I find out he's living in a warehouse. So it's like, yeah, well that, that is not really the picture you were painting, but whatever. I'm still up for meeting him because you just never know. He might be really fun and he's local. So we go like about a half an hour, one direction. And then he says, you want to sit for a second? I said, fine. So we sit on this piece of wood and uh, like I said, I've got Finn with me and he smokes his blunt or whatever. I said blunt twice in reference to him. He, he's smoking that. I'm not interested in smoking with him or anything. So um, at some points, I just let it get quiet because I'm like, you know what? You're not even going to try. I don't even care that's quiet. And you know what? I don't even think you notice because you're so stoned. Like, I don't even think he's aware of how uncomfortable the silence is because he's that out of it. So we walk back. We get up and start walking back. And um it was one of those moments when I saw him where I almost wanted to just run the the other direction. I could tell right away, this is not going to be a match. So we, this is why I think like it was more like his personality and him being stoned. Cause when we said goodbye at my car, um, he walked up to my car and he he said, I don't even know where he parked. He just kind of wandered off. Like it didn't even look like he was, he went like around a corner, but I don't know. Like he, in my opinion, he should have been parked near where my car was, but it looked like he just kept walking and walking. So it's like, I don't even know that the guy had a car, honestly, but he gives me a hug and he says, well, we should hang out sometime or something like that. Like it was a reference to definitely hanging out again. And I was like, oh yeah, it was nice meeting you or whatever. And then I got in my car and, um, there was no, you know, chit chat after that from either of us. And then the next day, about 24 hours later, he had unmatched me. And I was like, good. I hope that felt good for him. I didn't give a shit. I kind of felt bad because I think it was pretty obvious that I wasn't interested. So I didn't want to rip that bandaid off because I think that's kind of like, I don't know. I want to just give him the opportunity to do it back at me um, because I didn't care that much. So it was like, you do it, go for it. I don't, it doesn't matter. So um, yeah that, that was that. Um, oh, and no, I had another date. That's right. With somebody that had seen me on Tinder that he's like, we've already met. And I couldn't remember him at all. It's the first time ever that I did not remember somebody. And apparently we had had sex. I didn't remember at all. He remembered my house and everything. So crazy. So it had been nine years ago. Cause he said it was in the last three or four years. I'm like, no, cause I was dating somebody. There's like, that's impossible. It couldn't have been. So ironically, we decided to meet in the same place. Apparently we'd met the first time, which is this restaurant here in town called Cilantro's. And he says in his profile that he's five, six. I'm like, what? And I said, why didn't we ever hang out again? And he was like, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. So anyways, I need my memory jogged. So I'm going to meet him. 
I've got to. I've got to go meet this guy because I've got to see why the heck I never saw him again. What am I missing out on? He looked really cute in his pictures. Like, what am I, why am I not remembering this? I literally thought he was friends with somebody else that I'd gone out with. And that guy saw me on his Tinder and said, oh, tell her that you've already met her before. And, you know, it'll make her like, you know, go crazy or whatever that she can't remember it. But no, like he was like, no, I don't, I don't know anybody. Like I kind of questioned him about all of that. He's like, I don't know. I, I don't know anybody that you've gone out with. And he goes, and so it was, and then he showed me the profile picture he had of me on his phone. He goes, see, this is the picture I have of you. Sure enough, it was a picture that was taken in 2014 in Monterey. My girlfriend Heather took it of me. And it was definitely a picture I used on my dating profiles back then. It wasn't even Tinder back then. I think it was like plenty of fish or match or something. But anyways, he had that picture. So I was like, okay, he's legit. Like he knew me. I didn't have his picture in my phone, but that's probably because I've had different phones. So anyways, we meet and I, well, what happens was as I see him through, I pull up through the back of the parking lot so I could see, cause there's a back entrance into the bar. And I see this dude sitting there at the bar in a flannel with a baseball hat on. I could see a thick mustache and I'm, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm immediately like, no, I, nope. I don't like the way he looks. I, and I'm, I'm going to run away, but he, we've just texted that I'm on my way. I'll be there in a second. So now I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I drive a mile away. I call my daughter. I said, I don't know what to do. This is my quandary. I don't know. Like, I don't think he's my type. I, th I think that's why I never went out with him again, but I don't even remember him. But I'm like looking in the bar and I see the back of him and I don't really like what I see. So she said, just go back. And I'm like, okay, like one drink. What's it going to hurt to have one drink with somebody? I can always just excuse myself and say, I've got to go. But I knew he wanted to be in Watsonville because he wanted to be near my house. If, if anything was going to go the right way. I know that's why. So and, and then I, you know, going into this scene that I don't really think I'm attracted to him and I'm not even rem remembering him and knowing that he's probably going to want to try to go to my house. I'm like, I got to deal with all of this now. Oh, so I decided to go back in. I walk in, I come around the backside of him. I'm like, Hey, and I have to say like, he does have a super nice smile. Um, I right away, you know, but it's been nine years and he has started losing his hair, believe it or not, even though he's 36. Um, he was 29 when I met him originally. Um, and so I sit down and we start talking and I'm like kind of laughing, like looking at him as he's talking. Cause I'm like, I'm, it's sort of coming back to me. I, it's the weirdest thing ever. I've never, ever experienced this before. Like, it's like, I really forgot him. I erased him from my mind completely. And so I realize again, this is an hour of me. This is prior to the skater guy date. I literally interviewed him for an hour for an hour. I don't know what he asked me, honestly. So I'm not getting a vibe that he likes me. So because remember what happened with the guy at the beach who basically told me that um, he wasn't attracted to me or didn't have a physical attraction or didn't feel the chemistry or whatever. Um, I thought we were going down that road with this guy too. So I was like, let's just snip, nip this into the bud. Like, let's end this thing. Like I didn't say that, but the drinks had ended and he wasn't ordering another drink and he closed the um, tab out. So to me, that's a sign that you either, you know, want to hang out with me more outside of the bar or you um, aren't into me. Like, and I really took it as a not into me because I didn't feel like he was making eye contact. I felt like he was staring straight ahead a lot. And I was the one turning towards him and doing most of the talking. And he had my good side. He was sitting to the left of me. This is my good side. That other guy was always sitting on my right side. I really 
that I, I swear that I think that might've been part of it. I don't know why I, I hate my right side. I only like this side. So, um, anyways, I don't know, but I, so I thought, well, he had my good side and I've been nothing but nice. And he hooked up with me before. Apparently. I mean, he said, I liked it. I don't remember that. I still, even the whole time I was with him, the act of being intimate with him never came back to me. I do not remember it. And he swears that he put me up on a counter. I don't like, I don't remember this at all. He said there was like a dresser with a mirror behind you. I'm like, well, that hasn't really ever been in my room. I've never had a good dresser in my room. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have a mirror with a big counter, you know, my bathroom, but I don't, again, I don't know. Maybe that happened. I just don't remember it. So I say to him out in the parking lot, well, it was really nice to hang out with you. Nice to meet you. And I give him a hug and I kind of laugh because I'm, I cannot tell what he thinks of me. And I said something about, I don't know. I can't tell like how you feel or whatever. And he goes, well, why? What do you mean? And something came up about the fact that he was going to be going out of town. He races boats for a living for like a millionaire. That's his job. He like tinkers around on boats and he races the boats. It's like a thing. There's people that do this. And he go, he was going to be going from San Francisco to Hawaii, like coming up, like he's there right now. But anyways, like that race was coming up and he does this for millionaires, like this particular millionaire. And he, he signed an NDA, so he couldn't tell me who it was or anything as if it was somebody famous. I don't know. Um, he was a little weird about everything, but whatever. Oh, and he has a kid now too. So the kid lives in uh, Brazil but he can go visit her whenever and he can go and take her to Italy when he wants. She's like four. I'm like, you're taking your four-year-old to Italy, like all over Europe. Really? I don't know. Some of the stuff he told me seems so far-fetched, but whatever. And with his personality, like, again, I, now I could see why he doesn't have a girlfriend. Like he doesn't talk. He didn't talk. It was like, God, these guys with zero personality. So I say, um, you know, he says, well, I'm, he basically throws it out there that you know, he doesn't, cause I said, well, we should hang out again. And he goes, well, I'm kind of not going to be here soon. So he was kind of saying like, this is it. So I was like, oh, he does want to hang out with me more. Okay. So I'm like, oh God. All right. Well, do you want to come over? I mean, I'm not afraid of you. You come over if you want, but I really didn't want him to, to tell you the truth. Didn't want him to, didn't want to fool around with him. Wasn't in the mood at all. Didn't feel an attraction to him really. But I wanted to see if there, if, if anything would spark between me and him, if there was any intimacy, maybe something would, you know, would jostle something in me, it would help me remember. And I'd be like, oh, you know, I should be hanging out with him more, hang out with him again or whatever. But uh, most of me didn't want him coming over. So anyways, I go home and I'm literally like on my close friend's story. I'm like dreading this, dreading this. Like, I don't want to deal with this right now. Ah. And then I actually got him coming to the door on my camera. I forgot it was on my ring camera. It's so funny. So I have them arriving and leaving. So I just bring them right up in my room and we just like start kissing right away. I put on my, my fun light on the ceiling. And by the way, I'm not seeing Nathan anymore at the coach. It's over. It's over. I forgot to say that. It's been like six weeks. We're just not even talking anymore. And I, I unmatched him on Tinder. And I think maybe he saw that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's not being nice and he takes forever to respond. And I'm so sick of how he, his communication skills are so horrible and uh, like through texting. I just, he's not considerate. So I'm done. And I'm not even that attracted to him anyways. So it's a relief. So anyways, uh, we start making out on my bed, whatever. And, uh, he's like right away, you know, going for the clothes, taking stuff off. And I'm like, 
okay, I just want to get this over with. I don't, in my head, I'm like, I don't want to have sex. Like I don't. And I'm going to have to bring up the condom thing because I don't know where this guy's been. I just don't, like, I don't want to deal with any of this, but you know, maybe, maybe it'll be worth it just to like have like a really quick experience, you know, whatever. Maybe I'll be like, oh, it wasn't so bad. So I decide to, you know, do something to him. Yeah. Guys always like, I mean, I hate to be graphic, but they like try to do stuff with their hands. And they don't really know what they're doing. They're just like, sort of like fumbling. Like, can you just stop? Like, just stop touching me. Like it's, it's doing nothing for me. And it's just kind of embarrassing. I feel like I'm with a freaking 13 year old. So anyways, um, I just, you know, do the real quick, like uh, not real quick. I was doing what I know how to do. And what happened real quick is that he, he accidentally <laughs> finished. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Good. You can go. I was so happy. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, wow. Surprise. <laughs> um, but I was like so happy about it because the whole act was over. But then he wants to lay there and talk. And I just want him to get the fuck out of my house. But we laid there on my bed naked, staring up at my ceiling. I'm starting to get kind of cold. I finally put a blanket over me. Um, and then I finally, like 45 minutes later, I have to tell him that I'm, you know, I hate to tell you, but like, I don't sleep well with other people here. I'm like tired. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> Can you leave? <laughs> like, I didn't say that, but basically. So anyways, he left and that was, oh God, like, I was like, our kiss goodbye at the door was like a fumbled like he goes to kiss me on the cheek and I go to hug him and I'm like oh that was like and then I go to kiss him on the mouth and I'm like oh, like just go get out <laughs> goodbye so yeah and I know now why I never saw him again back in the day because he was boring he was super 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 boring and uh I remember having that feeling after seeing him that I didn't want to see him again because he was so boring and he told me that we saw each other twice. That is hard to believe, but it's possible. Maybe I gave it another go thinking that I'd be more attracted to him the second time. It's possible I did that. Um, and um, yeah, so that was him. That was that was just, oh God, I, I forgot about that one. I didn't even have it in my notes because it was so forgettable. So, okay, let's, uh, gosh, I was, I was only going to keep this shorter than normal, but I haven't told the story about Chicago guys. So I'm going to tell the Chicago guy story. So, okay. So back when I went through my separation from my husband of one year, but you know, the person I was with for six years. So we ended everything May, 2021. And, um, like I basically stopped talking to him probably in like early May. And I get a message from this guy who is, um, I, he liked one of my stories and I noticed him right away because he was interesting looking, very attractive, but in a very like, almost like a cartoon way, like a villain, like his hair slicked back. It's short, very angular face, brooding eyes. He has a look that he does. He's a model. So he has this look that makes him look like real brooding. That's his look. It's like he has a specific look that he has tried to market for, for a while and he uses it. And so all of his pictures are like that, a lot of black and white pictures. So anyways, I noticed him because I'd never noticed him before, but he liked um, some of my posts or something that I could see he was following my story, like on the regular. And I was like, what is going on? Like, who is this dude? And, um, and I don't know, he's private. I don't think I'd friended him yet. I hadn't. So I ended up doing a live at the beach. I remember he, and he said, Hey, Jenny, 
uh, how are you? And I was like, oh, hey, I've noticed you, you know, and this is the very beginning of me like flirting with people, having been in a relationship for six years, not ever being in a position of having HIV, having a man know I have it and then flirting with me. I don't know what, how that's going to go down yet because this is new. This is all brand new territory for me. So he's, you know, I don't even know what to make of this. This guy's so good looking. Like, really? You're flirting with me? I mean, what? So I don't take it too seriously. But he says, maybe you come to Chicago and you go on a date with me. And um, this is all written on the live. There was no voice at this time, but I know his voice, so I'm doing it right now. I don't mean to, but he's from Czechoslovakia, so he's got a very strong accent. So anyways, our, uh, he ends up saying to me that he's got this fear that he contracted HIV from a woman. And so I'm right away. Oh yeah, you, you don't, don't even worry about it. Like women don't give this to men. There's nothing to worry about. He goes, well, I was with this woman. I didn't know her status. And, um, and she, and he, he sent me a picture of her. Like he wanted me to see like how that she was like pretty. And she was, she was blonde. She was like in her late thirties uh, and that he didn't know her status, but that two weeks after he got violently ill, like the flu, super, super sick. So he had already tested outside of the window period. Like he was safe. Like uh, what he had told me is that this had happened back in like uh, March or something. So like he's contacting me in May and like, we're almost at the three month point. But anyways, he'd already tested plenty of times and he was negative. So I'm telling him like, dude, you don't have this. Like, I don't even worry about it. And so we strike up a friendship. And of course I was like very flattered because this guy is like, well, he's he's con not confusing, but he's intriguing to me for sure. Intriguing because he's got a super, super deep voice. He's calling me Jenny, Jenny, this Jenny, that we get on a voice, um, like voice memo, um, type of relationship and it becomes very sweet. And he's, we're talking every day, it gets down to the everyday, but it initially started because of this HIV anxiety that he was having, but we end up talking day in and day out. And it's getting flirtatious. You know, he's sending me some pictures of himself at work. He was a painter. Um, he's, there's definitely a group of people from Czechoslovakia that live in Chicago. And he, um, had a, a buddy there from Chicago or from Czechoslovakia that he was working for who, um, you know, was from back home and stuff. Oh, he had also been back in the Czech uh, he had been in, in Prague. He had been in condom ads. That was like a one company that had represented or his, talent agency or whatever, his modeling agency had hooked him up with this very popular condom company. So his face was all over in Prague with relations to condoms, which is kind of ironic because like he's contacting me here about HIV and he hadn't worn a condom. So that was kind of the running joke between us. But he'd also been on a reality show or no, no, he had dated a girl from like, a, it was kind of like a big brother type show and he had dated her and they were like in all the Prague uh, papers and everybody knew about them. There was like, it was like a big deal. There was a lot of uh, drama about it because I don't remember what it was. Maybe somebody cheated on somebody, but they had a pretty serious relationship. And, um, he used to be followed around by like paparazzi. So he says, and, um, you know, and I looked him up and I found stuff about him for sure. But at this point in his life, he was being very quiet, by the way, he was 29. Um, but he came across very mature um, and he had, he'd gone through a lot of trauma in his life. He'd been in a horrific motorcycle accident with his father when he was like six or seven, where he spent a year recovering in the hospital. And, um, he had like, like had a really severe, like bladder injury. And he had to have like 
reconstructive surgery. I don't know how in depth that all was down there, but he had had like, he was in the hospital for a year. He, I mean, he told me all about that. And I think, no, his father did not die. But, um, anyways, he, um, he had had lots of surgeries and I noticed one of them was like his, um, these bones, his clavicle, one was differently shaped than the other one. That was part of one of his, um, from the accident, you know, he fell off the motorcycle. He was like little boy. I don't even know if he had a helmet on, but, um, yeah, he was in critical care, but anyways, so my point to that is that he was a very mature 29 year old and his voice was very deep. So it was like, he came across older and he was just, Oh, he was from a very, very religious background too. He said the women in the U.S. are just not it. Jennifer, I don't know what to tell you. He goes, maybe you and I, we, you know, we get a, he kept talking about this dream about having a barbershop in Santa Cruz where I could have my own little, I don't even know, my HIV coffee shop. It was kind of funny. He was like these crazy little thoughts he'd have about what we could do out here in Santa Cruz. And then he would have his barbershop because he had a dream of having a barbershop. And, um, anyways, um, but the, the, the messages between us, um, became, I thought flirtatious. And he says, well, you never know, Jenny, you never know. And he goes, well, you should come out to Cal, come out to Chicago or I'll come out to California. Like we have to try to see each other this summer. So there was a lot of talk of that. And, but in, he had, he just kept saying it could go either way. Like, but he always kind of led me to believe that he was flirting with me. And so, um, and he would definitely want to talk more about his fear of having HIV. And so that would come up from time to time. And honestly, when he brought that up, it kind of bothered me because it was like, are you using me because you're afraid? And like, this is like, you're trying to strike up a friendship with me so that you can keep bouncing off this HIV anxiety that you're having off of me, you know? And so like it did dissipate, like it really became just about me and him being friends. So we were on a constant every day talking through, voice memo to each other through our Instagram. I think it might've been on WhatsApp also, but they were like long messages about life, our day. Oh, Jenny, 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 like work so much today, you know, and he lived alone by the way, um, in an apartment in Chicago. And, um, I'm just every little time I have a little tidbit of information, I'm wanting to like say it, but so anyways, we're looking into the future dates where he can come. And I'm, I'm, uh, planning doing Botox at one point and I know like I want to get that done before I see him because I want to look my best when I see him you know but I'm having feelings for him for sure like I am totally this is six weeks in of us like talking on a very regular basis like where he's like Jenny how are you I thought about you all day oh my god how was your day this is how it's going this is now July right and I'm I'm head over heels for him. Like I am cuckoo crazy for this guy. And of course, in my head, I'm saying, you know, I don't know how, what, what's going to happen with any of this. You know, like I'm trying to like be really, really realistic about it. But, um, and I keep saying, I don't know where it's going to go, but you know, I think if we meet each other, like there's obviously an attraction and it seems that way for real. So, and he's listening to my podcast, like back then and everything. And he goes, I heard you talk about, cause I would say hi to Daniel. Like I would say, Oh, I just said his name. I would say the names of people that, um, you know, I knew listened. And so I would say hi to him and then he'd say, I heard. And he'd like, he'd film himself like every once in a while, he'd show me himself like in his apartment he'd film himself. And I would just be like, Oh my God. Like I was dying. Like this guy to me was like a major big deal in Prague. And from what I could see from his Instagram and obviously his modeling pictures were like amazing. Like I'm just like, well, and he's six, three on top of it. He's just like, Oh my God. Um, yeah. 
so so handsome like the his face like I gotta say like his face was and I'm gonna put pictures of him on my close friend's story I will show you guys what he looked like but um yeah he okay so anyways <laughs> um an amazing smile beautiful smile so uh we finally figure out a date all of a sudden he says hey guess what I'm not working because he was working every weekend he's like I'm not working this coming weekend you want to come to Chicago Jenny your my place is yours you can come out I'm like, no freaking way. So immediately get on to the internet, look up flights. So I book a flight. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I booked it. So, and I have a friend from high school who lives out in Chicago who I was like, Hey, I'm coming out. Can you pick me up from the airport? Cause he wasn't able to get me from the airport, um, when I was coming in cause he was going to be working. So it worked out really well. I was able to see my girlfriend Thorley who picked me up from the airport. We had dinner together and I stayed with her that first night cause he was working until really late on Friday night. And then he's like, you come over Saturday, maybe it was Thursday. Maybe I came out on a Thursday because I know it led into the weekend, but I know I was, that's it. He did, he had to go to the DMV Friday night. He had gotten in trouble with a DUI and whatever he had to redo. It'd been a while that he wasn't able to drive and now he was getting his license again. So he was going to take the test that morning, that Friday morning, and he was stressed out. So that's why he just said, maybe just stay with your friend, you know, the first night and then come over after that. And you're welcome. To I was going to be there four nights in Chicago. So I stayed with her the first night. I could not wait to see him. So I take an Uber from her place to his place. It's like a half an hour. And I, and it was hot out. My God, it was hot. So, um, I get out of the Uber. I have my suitcase. I'm he's, he's in this really nice apartment complex. It's pretty big and there's a pool and everything. And I see him with his like, you know, slides and his shorts and his t-shirt walking from his distance. And there he is six, three, all six, three of him. Um, gorgeous. He's in, you know, not in the shape he used to be in by the way, but yeah, the pictures of him, he was really in super good shape, but he wasn't like in that same shape anymore, but he wasn't in terrible shape. He just wasn't, he was soft compared to his like muscles. The muscles weren't there anymore, but, but the slick short hair was, and it was so attractive and his face his angular face. And so I'm like, Oh my God. And I give him a big hug. Like, I'm so excited to see him. And he, it, he is what I was hoping for. And he's adorable. And he, I give him a big hug. And of course he's like, and he's like, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. He's like, okay. And he could not be more hospitable. So we go up to his place yeah, he was on the second floor. No, no, that's right. You go in on the bottom floor, but you go upstairs inside. His place was like basically all upstairs, but the first part of it was downstairs. It was just a closet down there and then like the opening. And then you go upstairs to get in um, to his place. So I, you know, we decided to go shopping that night. He needs to go to the mall because he needs to get shirts for something. I don't remember. So I'm for the beach or something. So I'm um, trying to help him find shirts at the mall and I'm feeling super flirtatious. Like I can't believe I'm finally around him. Like I got to tell you, and that Olivia Rodrigo album had been playing for six weeks in my head, in my car, everything. I was letting myself go there in such a romantic way toward him. And now here we are in person and we've for sure been talking nonstop. There's no way this guy doesn't like me, but I'm noticing when I'm making little gestures to touch him, like, like I remember walking through this one clothing store and kind of like touching the back of his lower back, like said something to him. And I just noticed he wasn't giving me anything back. And that had happened a couple times. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I was just letting it slide. Maybe he's shy. You know, who knows? So we go back to his place and we're watching TV. Um, I would say a good three hours go by. We have had some drinks. We've eaten. He made dinner. It was delicious. Um, he has just a couch and a big screen TV. So we're 
like, I don't know. He's not sitting right next to me on the couch. He's not making a move. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we've had drinks. Like, I mean, what is happening? Like, would you make a move on me? So, uh, he doesn't. And I don't remember how exactly how it happened. Oh, I th may have said to him, like, are you ever going to kiss me? And so, because I was, like, getting frustrated. I was like, dude, like, I this is killing me. I think I've been in his, like in his presence for at least six hours at this point. And like, we've already had drinks, nothing's going on. And like, we're just watching TV. What? So, um, he leans over and goes, okay. And then he gives me a kiss, like a peck. And I'm like, that's it. Like, I'm like, that's it. You know? So I'm like, screw this. So I straddle him like he's on the floor and I'm, you know, sitting right on him and he's got his legs straight out in front of himself. And I'm laying one into him like a full on deep tongue kiss. And he gives it to me back for like, I, it feels like it was maybe three seconds. And he says, Jenny, 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 Jenny. Look, I'm going to tell you right now. I not going, we're, we will probably not be sleeping together. Like I'm not going to sleep with you more than likely. And you know, while you're here. And I said, what? I'm like, are you, <laughs> what? So he said, yes, because he goes, well, I don't want to ruin anything that we have. Like he really goes, you are like such an amazing friend. Like he goes, I love you so much as my friend. He goes, I don't want to ruin anything between us. Um, and, and I think in part of it was that he didn't want it to be awkward if it didn't work out between us. And then here I am staying at his place for the next three nights. Cause that's so true also. Right. But I'm a little like shocked. Like what? Like I'm, I've so misread everything. And I mean, I was a part of it is my fault for getting so excited when maybe I shouldn't have, but really I felt like he was giving me all these signs by the way he talked to me every single day. Like it was just, it was really confusing. So we go to bed that night and he does not spoon me. He kind of like allows me to spoon him from the back a little bit, but he fell asleep really quick. And I was just like, again, like, wow, this is not what I thought at all. So the next day we go downtown Chicago and it's obviously a little awkward between us because this conversation has now taken place. And he said, you know, I don't know, like he had said the night before, maybe it's more like brother and sister relationship. You know, I don't know. I just don't want to ruin our friendship is what he kept saying. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to be on my best behavior while we're going downtown Chicago. He's going to show me all the, the sights of Chicago downtown. And we start off by going on this beautiful rooftop bar. I mean, it's gorgeous, perfect weather. We have these um, pumple, oh God, I can't remember, not pimple, not pumple, pample, pample something. It's um, a grapefruit liqueur, um, pample mousse. Maybe that was it. Um, these drinks, they were like 20 bucks each. He paid for everything. The drinks were so delicious, but I was getting loaded off this one drink. I mean, I, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, fuck, I'm drunk. I'm like, oh my God. So I was like, I can't, I can't drink anymore. So we go down to Starbucks. We got some coffee. We end up taking an Uber down to the water. So we're, you know, and we walked all along the river walk too, which was beautiful in Chicago taking in all the buildings. I mean, it was gorgeous. And we went and looked at the bean. Um, you know what that is. If you've been in Chicago, he took some pictures of me at this structure that's like above the bean. It's like on this grassy area where like the shadows fall on you in a very artsy way. So if you're on my Jennifer, no, my, yeah, my Vaughn girl 24, um, Instagram, those photos are still there. In fact, the one of he and me are still there. There's only one photo, but it's mixed in the bunch. And there's a little video of him on there too. I will show this all in my close friend story. But anyways, um, 
we take a picture at the bean together and he's, you know, we're taking the picture of ourselves in the bean. It's a reflection. Obviously the bean is like a big giant metallic bean and you're, it's silver. So you see yourself in it. It's huge. And so he's got a picture of his arm around me, you know, and I'm smaller than him. Cause I'm, you know, I felt tiny next to him. He was six, three. And we take these pictures of ourselves together. We look like a couple, right? And, um, but we weren't, but in my mind, I was like, oh, I love those. So I had posted one of those and he kind of got weird about it. And he said, can you please like not tag me in it? Cause I don't want to, it was like something about, he didn't want to have to explain to certain people. And he said it, the, the press could get a hold of it and Prague and they could give him a hard time and stuff. So I was like, all right. So I untagged him. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, I felt so stupid. So we spend that, we go down to the beach and, um, oh, and by the way, he has a blackout tattoo on his arm. It was crazy. It was like, he told me about that whole process and how it got so swollen and stuff, but he had, to, um, he has lots of tattoos. His arms were fully inked. I mean, he had, oh, only on one side though. He was blackout, um, from the whole forearm, his whole forearm, and then the, uh, lots of tattoos. That's right. Um, all the way up is to his shoulder, part of his chest. And, um, I, that's what I, that's all I think. I think he had some on his legs too. Um, yeah, he had lots of tattoos, like, but so, so sexy. They were so sexy. Um, and so anyways, um, we do this thing at the beach, but I'm feeling like here I am in my bikini. I was feeling very svelte at that time. I was probably like kind of my thinnest, which I always think is going to be more attractive to a man. I don't think men really pay that much attention to when you've lost two or three pounds, but I felt really good in my bikini. Um, he's not looking at me at all. Like he's like, I'm not catching his eye in any way. Um, we get back to his apartment and then we do the dinner thing again. He makes me a really nice salad and, and all that. And then it comes to dinner time or not bedtime finally. And I, we get into bed together. He has like a double. And so I'm like right next to him basically, but he's not touching me. Like he puts his back to me and I tried to sleep. I really did. Um, and I finally, this is my third night now in Chicago. And I, I, I couldn't sleep cause I was having jet lag too. I was very much, I was all messed up on my sleep. So even though it was like two or three in the morning or one in the morning, it was really like 11, 10 o'clock for me back home. And we'd gone to bed at like my eight o'clock or whatever. So I was not ready for bed yet. And my body wasn't or anything. I just was all messed up. So I ended up going out onto his couch and I called Ryan and I called Joey and I was totally crying because I was brokenhearted. Like I knew he didn't want me that way. And I said, I feel so homesick right now. I just want to be home. I I feel so stupid. And she's like, you're not stupid. I'm like, yeah, he doesn't want me. Like, this is so embarrassing. I came all the way out to Chicago, you know, for what to be completely rejected and be laying on his couch crying. Like, and he didn't, if he heard me, I was trying to be quiet about it. But if he heard me, he certainly didn't come in to, to, you know, put his arm around me and see if I was okay. There's the none of that. Not, not that I really was wanting that. Cause I already knew how he felt. I wasn't trying to like get any sympathy hugs or anything, but it felt bad. So I just stayed on the couch, but it was like that. Like if you're a couple and you end up going to the couch because you've had a fight the night, be the night before, you know how awkward it's going to be the next morning when you're still on the couch, you know, cause obviously the fight hasn't been dealt with, or you get up in the middle of the night because your spouse and you got in a fight or they were snoring even. I don't know. You know how that is. I don't know if you guys know, but if you've slept on the couch and haven't discussed it, like what the next morning, that's awkward. It's fucking awkward. So he knew I was on the couch. So I just said, yeah, I just couldn't sleep last night. I was having a hard time sleeping or whatever, but it was more than that, obviously. And so we decided to go to the pool at his place and, um, 
you know, I'm watching him in the water and he's, you know, you know, he, he always would call me Jenny, Jenny, which was really cute. Nobody calls me Jenny. Like, it's just not a name like I really like, but because he said it and the way he said it, I thought it was adorable. So he's like, Oh, you got to feel the water, Jenny, Jenny. And then he'd get out of the water and he'd lay next to me on his towel. And he's like, everything was always like, uh, there was some kind of stress that he was dealing with, with, with regards to like his job or, um, mainly his job and like what's going to happen. Oh, that if he has HIV, he's going to get kicked out of the U.S. and he's going to go back to Prague. And if he needs treatment, he can't come back to the U.S. There was a lot of like talk like that. And I kept saying, you don't have this. Like you like stop. Um, So anyways, um, and when those conversations came up, I was just like kind of annoyed because it's like, is that all I was brought here for is for your anxiety? Like, Jesus, was this all like a complete scam, you know? And then here I'm like, how stupid that I'm thinking that this guy has got so much HIV anxiety. He doesn't seem to get that. I've explained to him a million times that it's so rare for a woman to give it. First of all, coming across a woman with HIV. And then here I'm thinking this guy's going to want to be with me. Like he told me he wasn't afraid of me. He understood what undetectable meant, but literally I'm dealing with a guy with HIV anxiety and here I'm thinking he's going to want to be intimate with me. Like I, like I really do that. think that was part of it is part of the reason why uh, he couldn't be intimate with me, but whatever. So uh, we're at the pool and um, I say something, I basically just lay it on the line and say like, I if like, this is it, this is what you get. I'm in my bikini. Right. And I'm like, if you're not attracted to me, uh, I can't do this. I can't be here anymore. Cause I had basically all day with him uh, one more day. And then one more night I said, I can't do this like one more day and one more night. I just can't. Like, I'm, and I have another girlfriend that I've known from this area that moved out with her husband and two kids back in like 20. Oh God. It was like, when did Stephanie go out there? Probably 2006. 2007, 2006, around there. Anyways, um, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to see her or not. She was about 45 minutes away from where he lived. So anyways, I just tell him that if you, I, this is me now. I can't do, I can't look any better than I do right now. If you're not into me, then like, what are we doing? Like, I can't, I can't do this. And so he just does a bunch of big sighing because he feels bad because he doesn't know what to tell me. He knows he can't tell me what I want to hear. He can't. And so I said that I'm going to go. And so I, I text my friend Stephanie and I'm like in total trauma at this point in my head. I'm like, can you come and get me, please? I think I need to leave. And I want to come stay at your house. Like I, for the last night, I, I just need to like get away. Cause I can't, I'm so, I'm, I'm absolutely heartbroken right now. And so she says, I'll be on my way. She's so awesome. So, um, I remember hugging him at the pool in our bathing suits. He has no shirt on. I have just my bikini on. And I remember not wanting to let go. And he kind of let go first. And I remember just feeling crushed. I went up to his place, packed all my stuff, um, pulled my suitcase out past the pool area. He was still at the pool. I didn't want to see him anymore at that point. Um, he was on the phone and, oh, and then I remembered I'd had his key and I had to go give it to him. It was like a breakup. It felt like a total breakup. And, um, I just said, here's your key or whatever. I said, Stephanie's right over there. I'm going to go. So I got in the car with Stephanie. I just remember I felt like I had 5,000 pounds, pounds on me. Like I felt so bad. I could just, I just fell apart. I started bawling and I hadn't seen Stephanie in years. It's like, hi, nice to see you. I'm sorry. I'm having a complete trauma meltdown at the moment. Like she was so sweet. 
So I wanted to try to hold it together, but I was feeling just so heartbroken, so heartbroken. So she brought me back to her place. So I got to see where she lived, which was nice. But I remember I just had, I hadn't eaten all day. Like I remember feeling like, and I couldn't eat. I was so still upset about everything. Like I was I was a mess. I was an absolute mess. Like my body like ached from the heartache, from not eating, from lack of sleep, like everything, not being home. Like I was homesick, like all of this. And um, anyways, I tell Stephanie that I decide I'm going to take an Uber back to somewhere close to the airport and just stay in a hotel because what I needed to do was I needed to mourn alone. I couldn't be at her place and do it. So um, it was nice of her to come pick, get me, but I literally spent, like, I don't even think I was at her place an hour and I had an Uber come and get me. Her and her husband are like, like her husband was so nice. He's like, Jen, well, it was, it was so good seeing you. I'm sorry it wasn't longer. And, you know, they're helping put my stuff in the Uber. I'm holding my breath like the whole time in the Uber. It was like a half an hour drive or 45 minutes back to... Now it's like a half an hour back to like a place near the airport. And um, I got into my hotel room and I fell down on the bed. Like I literally, it was like I'd been waiting for that moment since I left him that morning. And I, um, I cried so hard. Like I, it was so cathartic. Like I cried and cried and cried and cried. Like I could hardly catch my breath, called my girls and cried to them, called my mom, cried to her, um, and I didn't know if I should talk to him, but then he's texting me saying, Jenny, I need to talk to you. I need to know how you're doing. I'm so sorry. I, this hurts me so much. I never wanted to hurt you. Like I, he really was very kind. He didn't want to hurt me. And that's what hurt too, is that he was so nice, you know, and it, it was like this friendship that we developed and everything wasn't going to be able to be the same, you know, because I, I, he didn't have the same feelings for me that I had for him. And it just, it was devastating. You know, I'd really in my mind felt like there was something between us, even though the age difference was really extreme. Like it, it was, let me get like, what am I thinking? Right. But he didn't make me feel like I was that much older than him. Truly. He was a mature dude. He'd been on his own for a while and he had lived a pretty big life up into that point with the modeling career and like a lot of like public stuff, you know, like he'd, he'd done a lot of stuff up to that point. So, um, anyway, I finally felt better after we talked. We did talk for like 45 minutes and, you know, decided that we would still have a friendship and that it was, and he goes, yeah, I mean, he goes, it feels terrible that you're like literally 10 minutes from me right now, but we're not together. And I'm like, I know, but I, and that was killing me because like, I really wanted to be with him, but I know I needed to just stay in that hotel, which was the shittiest hotel ever. It was like a total dump and I needed to catch that, you know, Uber in the morning or shuttle to take me to the airport. All of that was so sad and lonely. Like I felt so alone at that hotel. I wanted to be with my kids, wanted to be with my animals. I wanted to be home. I didn't want to be in Chicago anymore. And I had to wait till the next morning for the, you know, shuttle to leave and just getting to the airport, all of that, everything was another like step closer to getting the hell out of this place that made me feel so sad and getting home and trying to like repair this damage in my heart. Cause I really was so like, it was a good six week lead up to it that it felt, you know, like something was going to be more and that we were going to be seeing each other, but it was devastating. It was totally devastating. Um, so yeah, I got home and then he wanted to please call me when you get home. I want to know that you're okay. And so I called him, we had a big long conversation and we talked about like, you know, I kind of said like, well, what if I date somebody? How's that going to make you feel? And 
because he said, I don't know how I feel about like you dating people. Like he'd say stuff like that. Like, I don't know how it's going to make me feel like if I'm going to be bothered by you dating people. And I was like, of course, that would like string me along and make me feel like, well, what do you want? Like what? I was just there. Like you could have had me like, I am so confused. So anyways, it fizzled basically pretty quickly after that. Um, we just slowly backed off because he had FaceTimed me one night and he was smoking a vape and he was listening to his techno music and he had changed his sweatshirt. I remember it, And he was stoned and he looked at me in the FaceTime and he gave me a very sultry look into the FaceTime and he's dancing to the, um, to the music. And I said to him, uh, I texted him the next day and I said, why do you do that to me? Like, why, why do you do that? That like leads me on. It makes me feel bad. It's like you're toying with me because he would do shit like that. And he, that was the end of it. It's like, I laid it on the line. I told him how that made me feel. And then he realized either like really how wrong that was of him to do that. Or like he, it got thrown in his face that he really was teasing me, you know? And so that was it. Like we stopped talking after that and our friendship ended completely. I mean, it was kind of sad. Like I noticed that he'd follow my stories for like another year after that. Um, but it came to a halt because he met somebody. And by the way, when he was in the U S like, I don't know, three or four years, he said he'd only dated like three or four women from the U S and he said one lady, he'd go up into Trump tower and, and have sex with her and stuff. Cause I started thinking maybe he was gay and I thought, maybe he has like a micro penis and like, he doesn't want me to know. Cause like, I got to tell you, he was wearing like dolphin type shorts one night laying on his back and I didn't see anything there. And I thought maybe he has like from the accident, they had to cut it off. Like, I don't know. Like I was, a lot of things ran through my, my mind. He wasn't transgender for sure. Cause like he was, he had a man's body. Like there's no doubt about that. He wasn't previously a woman or anything. Like literally I, my mind was going to all of these places and I'd have had people like, try to help me figure it out because it was so bizarre. It did seem like he liked me in that way. And then the whole thing, him stopping me and wouldn't even like most guys would go for it sexually. If there's a woman in their place that's attracted to them, like regardless, but even, I mean, even if you're afraid of HIV, you'd use a condom, right? But no, he would not let it happen. And I do think part of it too, is his religion. Yeah. Roman Catholic and stuff. He is very religious. Um, it's, yeah, he was religious. He talked about that to me, like how he was very religious from his mom. And, you know, I think he had some stuff on his Instagram. There might've been some stuff on his, some tattoos too, that were, he did. He had some very religious tattoos. I can't remember what they were offhand, but anyways, I think that was part of it too. Anyways, I'd say a year ago, he posted that he'd met somebody. So it was a really pretty girl close to his age, a brunette, um, smaller than me. Um, she has the big giant lips, you know, I don't know if there's filler in them or not. Um, but I could see what his type is and they're having a baby. So he went back to Czechoslovakia from what I've seen in his Instagram. Um, I, I unfollowed him cause I'm kind of like, just don't want to be attached anymore to any of it. So I don't, his stuff is private. So am I still, no, I do still follow him. I do. Cause I looked up something right before, um, like a week ago, I did look up his stuff. So I was kind of curious to see if the baby had been born yet. That was it. Um, but no, he's, uh, he's with a girl, his age and I'm happy for him. Like I'm totally happy for him. So, um, clearly he has something going on down there or he wouldn't have made a baby. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, that was his type. He wanted somebody closer to his age, which he deserves. And I'm so happy for him. And I hope that he's having a good life. And then 
everything's going well for him out there in Czechoslovakia. It was just a really, it was a real whirlwind and it was hard going through that right after my divorce. It felt like very confusing. And then it made me kind of a little bit like, um, you know, a little untrustworthy of like future meetups. And then I ended up hanging out with somebody after that, that I'd hung out with, uh, while I was HIV positive, but didn't know it. He obviously didn't get it. So he and I found each other through hinge and we hung out like three times. He was a fireman, still a friend of mine. And then I hung out with the PE teacher that, you know, there's, so that was kind of the beginning of the dating and it happened after him. So it happened my first dates were like in September, um, after I'd ended the marriage in 2021. So, yeah. So um, and yeah, I have a date tomorrow night. Um, I got to end this podcast now, but um, I've already met him once. He just came on a little too strong. It turned me off. Um, and so I told him I wasn't interested anymore. He was so sorry, said he would back off. Please give him another chance. And so he's given me some breathing room. I'm going to meet him again tomorrow and see how I feel. But it was a feeling like I just, it was too much. He was just, and he's younger than me. He's 34. So, but, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully he can be a little bit less obvious in a sexual way and stuff. I don't know. Just turn me off. I need more mystery. Like, I don't know. Just, he just was too much. Yeah. And he, I think he thought he was going to take me home and get me in bed. It's like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> sorry. Cause he knew my son was working. I'm like, no, sorry. I'm glad that you have all these plans for us, but that's not happening. So, um, I honestly don't even feel that attracted to you now that I thought that you were thinking that way. It just kind of ruined everything. So, but I'm willing to meet him again. Cause you know, he's, he's six one. He's got a, I love his body type. Like I really am very attracted to his body type and he really likes me. So like I'm trying to make myself like, get that feeling, you know, and he's attractive. So we'll see what happens. But anyways, okay, that's it for now, guys. Um, have a great, uh, what is today? I don't even know. I'm losing track of days. What is it? It's freaking Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Oh my God, I gotta go. I gotta take my son to uh, football practice. Jesus, I almost forgot. It's a good thing I'm ending this now. Okay, guys, have a good one. Bye-bye now. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.